two, one. Be rad, rad for Jesus. Be rad. That didn't work. <laughs> I was doing a chorus. I'm leaving it. Yeah. I, <laughs> but, all right. Now it's time for the for the big bridge. Jesus, right down. Turn down the bridge. I love it. All right. Enough death metal intro for one episode. Scott, welcome to the B Rad for Jesus podcast. I am. A host, Brian Lucas. Here with me is my co-host, still not on camera, B Scott host. Lucas. <laughs> B host. You are a host, yeah. I am B host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you should be go. square and I should be triangle because no one can say which one's better, but A sounds better than B, so. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, yeah. Well, yes. That. <laughs> but you do all, to be fair, you do Shapes. all the work. So. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I, I do. I do the editing. I'm finding better workflows. Um, I'm blending everything into uh, going video actually made it easier. So uh, surprisingly. But anyway, Scott, how are you? How was your Easter? Easter was great. We did a um, we have like Team Voltron on my worship team at church. So every, we have a volunteer worship leaders and there's about four or five of us. We had almost everybody there, um, which was fun. So it felt like Voltron. What does Team Voltron mean? You know, like we all assembled to form a giant robot and fought crime. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. no, it, that's what we did too. <laughs> uh, it, it was more just like you know we 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 were all on stage at once. Normally, like we take turns leading, and maybe one or two of us will join to do lead one song that week or something. But there were like mm-hmm. five worship. Uh, singers on our stage, which we never do where, you know, um, so that was fun. Yeah. And oh, then it, it must was, be nice it was just to a have good, a big it was stage. Good. It was a good time. And then we had like, I don't That's know, awesome. 10,000 yellow balloons that we put all over downtown Pomona. Um, wow. Which was fun because the, the theme was lifted. So it was neat. Oh, cool. What so about yours? You what do you like, guys do at, uh, look at this. We can kill birds. Uh, no, we pop them all. Unfortunately, <laughs> I was like, what a waste. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so many critters could have died. <laughs> All right. Um, did you guys do anything? Um, did you do anything special like in service or like, how did it compare to a normal service? Um, I think that was, you know, normally we, we can, we normally did, uh, do, um, basically a similar thing to what we did this time. We normally do like a, a nice, uh, you know, uh, worship set, um, uh, typically in Easter, we've done a lot of stuff that's like, we'll mm-hmm. do a spoken word or like a art expl- display, but, um, uh-huh. this time it was basically like a regular service, just kind of more, uh, there was more music like, um, you know, we don't normally, we usually do a worship set and then have a talk and then go home. And this was like halfway through, we're going to come back on do a special song. Then, you know, at right. the end and with a special song, we also had confetti cannons, which was just one step below nice. lasers. So, um, <laughs> green lasers fun. absorbing Jesus into the UFO. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. What everybody Do they wants. still have those? Did you go to the play? No, they did a special version. Our old church Covina assembly now called, uh, luminate. I think, yeah, um, I think it changed again. They, they just got another pastor. Um, oh really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they don't have Lee anymore, huh? Yeah. Okay. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, but, yeah. I was, I was sad to hear that in a way because I feel like it's always yeah. turmoil to, you know, when you lose the leader of a church, it's always turmoil. So I feel bad, but, yeah. um, but yeah, Marlon, my, our friend Marlon had gone there 
Um, and it, they did a much shorter version. I don't know if there was lasers and, and flying oh. Jesus though, because that's, I just saw that our friend Jarrett, who we've talked about a couple times, <clears throat> but is an actor and, uh, singer and he leads worship at purpose church, uh, out in, uh, Pomona or Fullerton or one of those, uh, Pomona. Right. Yeah. Um, and, um, anyway, he, uh, he stepped back into his role. I was going to say he resurrected his role. <laughs> ironic <laughs> as Jesus in the Jesus Easter play Duke. at Covina. And so, yeah. Um, and I was like tempted to drive down for the weekend to, exp- <laughs> to see the play. I was like, I just, I have to see that. The nostalgia is killing me. Well, he started off. I last playing, saw that thing like 10 years ago. He started off playing John, which like is a big role because he does, he's like the narrator of the play, like as if he's writing from Patmos where he was later, you know, um, exiled. So he's talking, it's like, it's like in the play, John is the one taking you through the gospel basically. Yeah. And then, uh, then he, the next year he got, uh, promoted to Satan, um, as, <laughs> because it's a musical. <laughs> so there's a lot of singing. He's a talented dude. And then uh, yeah. finally he became Jesus, which is the ultimate, you know, um, the ultimate uh, upgrade, I guess. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you need the best guy doing Jesus. Yeah, That's... exactly. Um, so that was that was recently the last couple of years that he made that progression again, or that no, was no, like no, the back in the day. That was back in the day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite, my two favorite memories uh, of that play because we were part of church doing that for a long time, and it 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 is a overall it is a really powerful play uh, to see but it does have some cheese to it you know because it's christian stuff from the 90s and uh but there was uh our friend who played satan for most of the time that we were there our friend nate i remember him sitting and we were all just chilling in the pews watching one of the rehearsals Mm -hmm. and old john is kind of the main narrator right and he's singing all the main uh you know telling all the main parts and has kind of the theme song running through and uh it's about, you know, like standing on my faith and all of this. And I just remember Nate, who's in full Satan gear, you know, all black with like weird face makeup. He looks kind of like a, you know, Darth Maul kind of thing without red skin. And uh, and he pulls up his sandal and one of the lines is standing on my faith. And as that's being sung, he goes, standing on my face and puts the sandal on his face. I... I, I, for a long time, like I never even heard the real line anymore. Yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. Yeah. Standing on my face. But then that, and then, uh, one year they actually put Jesus on a cross and then they lift him up. Right. Yeah. And they, and, and they have like cotter pinned, like U shaped handle things for his hands to go in. So it looks like he's, you know, there's a nail going through the center of his hand and then it's got cotter pins on the back of it. So it holds on and he hangs onto that and then they lift him up and they actually like have to insert the cross into this bracket built into this top of the stage. But I mean, that stage has a huge, like, stone centerpiece for real. And then like a thin layer of black carpet laid over it for the play. Then there's like a six foot tall tomb set. And then on top of that are like a couple layers of like little paths and stairs and uh, other rock things. So they can, you know, kind of rearrange for all the different pieces. So for the Calvary Hill, Jesus is up on a cross pretty high off the ground. He's at the pinnacle of the whole thing and they throw him up there. And one of his hands wasn't 
locked in properly <laughs> and he just swings out and i mean man I, he said he was like i just uh you know like oh, but that was, he's yeah. looking out that for was a moment rehearsal, looking thankfully. down like yeah that was during a dress <laughs> rehearsal but he's looking down like 15 feet at like what he knows is just solid stone <laughs> yeah. and nearly coming off head first and then manages to hang out with his other hand and drop down to his feet and like lands it pretty gracefully all things considered on like the next level down he still dropped a good like four or five feet and then he like gets up he's like i'm okay and everyone's like oh and he goes and then he as he's getting he's like i just wanted you to know i could do it if i wanted all right (laughs) (laughs) that that like oh man part of me wants that to be in the play yeah (laughs) you know like like just for those of you who weren't aware (laughs) yeah uh i could have gotten down i could have sent ten thousand angels just so you know (laughs) right so yeah that man i but seeing that Jarrett was doing this again just brought back all those all those memories. I think I still have the DVD somewhere uh, of the play from one year, so I'm going to go back and watch it. But um, <clears throat> so for us, for Easter, I know, you know, we've come from many churches where Easter and Christmas tend to be um, a time where the more I thought about this, the more I had trouble justifying doing it again. Um, we talked about how you have all these guest people coming, all these new people who don't go to church. Right. You're giving them a taste of your church for the first time. Right. And so the theory is we want something very easy to invite into. So we're going to do, um, you know, like for Christmas, we're going to do a bunch of songs that are going to tell the story for us. And we're going to have some dramatic pieces and some, you know, uh, maybe spoken word or some poetry. And right. we're going to have some, some scripture readings throughout. And we're going to do all this stuff. And, and I've done a little bit of that too. Um, and we were going through and, and then you have like a really short sermon. And I remember from several churches, the same vibe from the production team, like in planning meetings, sitting there and like, they're looking at the lead pastor or whoever's preaching for Easter. And they're like, and you're only doing a seven minute message or, you know, yeah. you have 10 minutes and not a second more, you know, like we're telling him he has eight because he really has nine and we're not giving him any longer than that. We are starting the no song longer than 10, at nine minutes. Yeah. And, <laughs> Um, and I get that from a, Hey, this is a big moment. So let's go big and do something kind of spectacular and do something like that Easter plan and whatnot. And I even remember, uh, when we were at Covina, I remember that, uh, the actual Easter services, Sunday services were fairly standard. And I remember like I was so wrapped up in the hype of the play and everything else. Like, why are we doing the normal thing? Like, why is the message still so long? Why is this? And, and it seemed like we were missing what other people were doing where like we incorporate the play like into the service, you know, or something. And like, why aren't we doing something like that? But then as I thought about it, I was like, man, how many people are going to come back the next week and be like, oh, you you guys don't like do that. (laughs) That's just, okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this is more like what I thought church would be like, or, you know, (laughs) whatever. And, and so we, this year we just said, what if we just, you know, we'll do songs specifically about the resurrection. We'll do a couple of extra things. We'll make sure the band is pretty on point. But other than that, let's just do church. Yeah. Let's do a normal church service. And, and for anything, if the part that you're going to minimize, um, you know, if the teaching of the word is an important piece of the service, 
why would you minimize that right. and do the least amount of it on the most important day, both theologically for Christianity and uh, experientially for like, we're bringing all, we're getting this one shot at all these people who may not normally attend church. So why don't we do, you know, uh, why, why don't we do what we normally do or, or emphasize solid teaching? And if that is the best way to do solid teaching that is accessible for people to do a short message and a whole lot of extra music, why don't we do that every week? Right. But, you know, and so that was kind of what we wrestled well, see, with. But so that's what, that's we where a couple things, we've talked but, about this before, but that's where it goes back to, are you doing church for church people? Or are you doing church for the non-believer? You know, and then you run into a lot of snares either way, because if you're doing church for church people, which is good because it's instruction, then, you know, then you're going to miss out because people, it might, it might, you might end up using a lot of Christianese and you might be alienating mm -hmm. people who have no cultural reference to anything you're talking about. You might say, you might even mention David and people are like, ah, maybe he's talking about David and Goliath. I don't know. But if you mention Saul, they right. don't even know who you're talking about, first of all. And then especially yeah. if you mention Saul, who was Apostle Paul later, then they're like, what, is this mm -hmm. the same dude that lived like a thousand years? Like, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, there's a lot, if they and then, but then you can go the other way where you're there. so seeker friendly. There's just, it's, it's a thousand miles wide and an inch deep, you know? And it's like, right. So I think that, you know, the, you, I think you're right. I think the answer is just, this is what we do on a Sunday. It's a celebration service. We get together, we worship together, take communion sometimes or whatever we do as a group Yeah. and then do baptisms. Those, you know, those are the things we do as yeah. a group. But you know, my, my, my belief is that church is really, you know, small group and that's really where, you know, yeah. cause a, a Sunday morning is, is church too. Cause you're gathered in Jesus name, but it has a different function. I think that's the time you do stuff. Like we take communion together. That's a good thing to do together. I think yeah. doing baptisms publicly, like worshiping together, there's something different about that praying together in a large group. There's something cool about yeah. that. But ultimately, you know, if you, you know, you break, you go into a living room with a bunch of other believers, you're all, you know, you can hear your, someone's heart. Mm -hmm. You can stop what you're doing, you know, minister to them right there in a personal way. You know, so that's where I think there's kind of the dichotomy um, with Easter is that it feels like, you yeah. know, that's what you run into very firmly is like, how do we make people, you know, uh, real quick, I, I was watching a, a new podcast by a comedian and mm. his brother and they just give advice. Weird. And I was like, I was like, oh, I kind of want to watch this just to see like, you know, what is their advice and what are people calling in about? And someone yeah. had written in because they were, I don't think they were, you know, wanted to show their face or voice. And they said kind of like me um but they uh just because <laughs> i don't you it's because i don't have a capture card or a webcam but oh. <laughs> um, i don't have a laptop anymore so um oh, okay. anyway he said you know he grew up in a religious household and didn't want to do it anymore like didn't want to be mm -hmm. part of that anymore and it was so interesting to hear their advice because you know they stayed away from like bashing any religions but mm -hmm. you know they're, they were like well what what is you know they're like well if his parents are 80 you know, just, just suck it up, you know, like, but if, if you're a young guy and you know, you're, you're just like, they're like, you don't have to make it a thing where you're like, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone. I hate what you believe and you're dumb and there's no proof for this. And you know, he's like, you could just, you know, yeah. and then one of them was like, yeah, you could just be eating dinner. It's like, so, uh, <clears throat> so Jesus, is there any proof he existed or no, you know? <laughs> so, so it's just, you know, and again, it's, it's, they, they're not believers obviously. Uh, and, uh, yeah. and then the funniest part was in, you know, reference to our conversation is, they go, it's, you know, it's like, yeah, 
Yeah, you don't want to go to church every week if you don't believe it. You know, that's hard. And mm. then they're like, yeah, they should make church more fun. <laughs> you know? like, they started going into like, you know, um, like the different, different, you know, how, uh, uh, you know, a traditional uh, church with a choir, how that's, you know, a lot more, you know, they're always up there, you know, during the sermon, still singing. And then, you know, they make a point and they yeah. get louder, you know, like, you know, and I was yeah. like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but that's, that's kind of the, 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 you know, the way that people look at, you know, um, our you know, culture as a church is, is different than what, um, we look at it, you know? And so they, it's almost like when you're first going to church, it's yeah. like, give me a reason to be here. You know, I don't want to just sit here and listen. Like it's, it's like going to a graduation, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Here we are. You know, <laughs> we get it. We already did the work and now we have to listen to five speeches from people we don't know, you know? So, um, yes. I, I think that that's yeah, well, what it and can that's be. what I, and, and that's where, um, that, that's where I'm looking at, you know, like, what do people, like, what was important to us? That was the fun part about getting to plant a church is getting to rethink all those things and think, what do we need? What do we not need? Um, what's biblically important to identify ourselves as a church? You know, how far off of that can we go? And so we landed on, you know, the important things, uh, that we needed to have two components that we have to have a large gathering and you have biblically, you also have, um, you know, meetings in homes right? and that between those, there's a smattering of things that are supposed to happen. There's supposed to be a devotion to the teaching of the word, you know, the, the leaders and those called to be in that teacher and pastor role are supposed to be able to teach the word and to pray over the people and, and pray for God's will for the church. Um, there's supposed to be uh, worship and rejoicing and giving thanks to the Lord. There should be food and fellowship. There's meant to be uh, generous giving and, um, you know, meeting each other's needs, both uh, monetarily, physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, you know, that people dug in and got into each other's lives and, and found ways to give and make sure that everybody in the community had what they needed. Mm -hmm. And those who had excess were willing to share that and, and contribute and all of that. And so we, We've, you know, we've leaned all the way into trying to make sure that that is the church that we are, you know, and that we try to do those things and are trying to find the right balance of, okay, how do we, how do we set up our teaching? What's the right amount of time? What's the right format so that it's both approachable to somebody new who comes in, but so that it is edifying and celebratory right. for the people in the church as well. Cause it seems to be a bit of both. Um, and so anyway, I, so we, we did a couple of things. We, one thing we did do was, um, I rewrote a spoken word that I had done in the past. So I was like, well, I got a shot at this, you know, and it was, it's an Easter related thing. It's related to the song glorious day, hmm. you know, and, uh, the, the one that the chorus is you called my name and I ran out of that grave hmm. and, and so I, I did one related to that a few years ago at a different church. And so I, I rewrote it because I wasn't super satisfied with how I'd written it the first time. And so I, I got it together again and I did that. And then, um, you know, I was looking for clips from service to share. And so that was one of them that I shared and then a bunch of clips from the sermon. And then today, uh, my friends at Sunday Cool released a video where they're like, uh, they've got a couple characters for funny videos that they've made that they
that they kind of make fun of uh, Christian influencers. And so they did the two of them tag teaming a really bad Christian spoken word, but it's like done really well. <laughs> like they hit all the, all the beats really well. And it has all the like puns in it and wordplay, but it's so lame. <laughs> and oh man. It's and it turns like, out it was like, your spoken word that they, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I was like, I feel real, like I feel attacked guys. Cause this is like, I just did a spoken word and I know a ton of people did at Easter. Like that was a big thing. And so I'm sure there was intentional timing on their part to do that. Right. But, uh, but like, I mean, it had lines like all of a sudden he's like the enemy of the church is, and he's like Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and he's like, you've got lots of doll heirs, but I would think with all those doll heirs, you would get some doll hairs and cover up that bald head. <laughs> super, just, super know, edifying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just being super, super lame and dumb. But like the, they had all the, you know, it's like a little cheesed up, but they had all the right, you know, emotional dynamics and beats in it and the way they did it. And they had like a different <laughs> spoken word voice. And I was just like, oh, this is actually kind of better than mine too. <laughs> so, but it was so lame. It was filmed really nice too, though. So nice. I was, I was like, I don't know if I want to share this one, guys. <laughs> it's. I feel bad. Oh, man. Speaking of crazy rich people, how about Elon? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the the most interesting thing that's happened in social media, I think, in in, you know, outside of their creation, in my opinion, because this is a this is a really this is a really interesting thing because you have, you know, somebody who is basically saying, I will offer you more than your shares are worth mm. and I will buy them all, you know, for $46 Hold billion. Dollars. Boy, so Elon Musk comes in, buys a significant, he already bought, he, he just bought not like 10%. Yeah. Um, chunk of Twitter, which I mean, was millions. No, yeah, millions? it was, it was a billion probably. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he bought 10% of Twitter, but it, a big chunk of it that makes him a significant player and influential person in Twitter, which is, um, you know, part of the good thing, I guess, about social media is that it's not super controlled by, you know, theoretically one person, although the opposite is true with like Zuckerberg, you know, and meta. Yeah. And so by the way, real quick tangent, probably like the only time I've been wanting, I've wanted to like, like go and buy a cabin and just like leave everything behind is like uh-huh. they are, they're running an ad right now celebrating targeting of ads it's literally like like you should watch it right now it's so creepy it is the creepiest thing <laughs> that i've seen in my whole life because it's so gross it's literally like it, the, the lyrics are some like can i pull it up just for a second like yeah dude it it's seriously like this is really apropos of what we're talking about. And I've always wanted to say apropos correctly. So I just did it. But um, <laughs> meta targeted ad ad. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, oh gosh, it's not even on Facebook. Let's see. Um, Facebook targeted ad commercial. Dude, if, if I can't find this, like something's wrong. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. can't find it. Let me try again. Uh, meta Scary. targeted ad. No, I think I saw what you're talking about. So though, basically, I mean, the reason I want to find it is because it's like, it, it's an, like, 
an unreal um i can't find it so they must not have it on youtube or like otherwise it'd probably be searchable yeah but it basically says it's like a it's a musical it's super bright and colorful and this girl's on like a uh, a trolley or something and it's like you know, mm-hmm. something from my life was missing, but I didn't know what it was till it slid down my screen. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm like, that is so gross. You're literally I feel like sell- I saw that on Hulu or something. It, yeah, it's been on. Um, we've been watching um, Ink Master on Paramount Plus, mm. and um, which is the only reason we got Paramount Plus, by the way. <laughs> dude, that show is great. I watch so like, good. I'm addicted to all the clips on YouTube. Yeah, dude, ten out of ten. Of it's like the best, the best reality <laughs> like competition show ever made. It's so good. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Some of those I love. I like, such I like prima the flash donnas, challenges though. that they do, where they just have to like, you're going to make art out of this twelve by twelve piece of wood and. One bucket of one color of stain, and it's like mind yeah. blowing when they're done. Um, anyway, yeah. so this ad <laughs> literally this says the people in the ad are what? saying there was something in my life that was missing, but then I saw mm. an ad for it and it made me feel better. And how would I have known about it? <laughs> and then it's like, um, no. like the the tagline is something like you know your life is full or so you know like I, it's so gross. It's literally Mm-mm. so yeah, gross no, because you. I'm like there. You're, because they're so, and then the other thing they're trying it to small businesses they're like oh support small businesses that's how target i'm like tell me how many targeted ads you see that aren't for amazon and like yeah you know this is not a small mm-hmm. business support move this is you know nope. this is literally them saying we trying to appropriate small business to make them feel morally better about the fact that they are stealing yeah. and monitoring and surveilling your every move to try to mm-hmm. squeeze as much value out of you as they possibly can as a human being. That's yeah, literally what they're the- doing. And now they're making an ad about it and putting yeah. it on a positive spin. It just couldn't get any creepier. Right. Like nothing has made yeah. me want to quit Facebook and Instagram so much. <laughs> I love that the the parody for the ad is literally the thing that they for sure do that everyone knows where people are like, I was having a conversation with somebody in the car about this random thing and like not even a real conversation. Like we drove, we were driving and then I looked and went, oh, wow, the new Bronco looks kind of weird, huh? Yeah. And then I got home and I saw an ad for the new Bronco on my Facebook feed right. and then on my Alexa thing and then on my yep. Google thing. And like, then it was on TV and I'm like, well, okay. There was a, there was a really <laughs> a good episode of a podcast. I don't really listen to anymore because it kind of stopped doing what made it cool. Um, it was called reply all. It was a Gimlet podcast and um, mm. they did an episode. I can't remember the episode name. Maybe we can find it later and pop it in the show notes or something. But um, basically they did an episode about like targeted ads and their theory mm. was actually creepier than what, like you think like Facebook uses your microphone, you know, like that's what people think, you know, like not you. I mean like the general, yeah. you. like people think Facebook uses their microphone or, or, or the, your phone is listening to you and, and that's how it happens. And their theory was basically, you know, there's nothing in the code that they can see that shows that, that, that they have control of your microphone. New phones tell you when somebody's using your microphone, like there's an icon. So, yeah. um, you know, they're like what their theory is even creepier. Their theory is, they know so much about you. They usually know where you are. They usually know mm-hmm. that you're in close proximity with somebody and that you're friends or that you're linked on social media in any way and that you are both in the geographic area and that you both have similar interests and your overlapping interests might result in you talking about a thing. 
And that's how com- that's literally I'm like, if that's true, that's worse than you listening to me, because now you just know me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know me better than you know I know me better me. than I know myself just based on my online habits. Like, it's so creepy. So anyway, back to Elon. All yeah. that to say, that's that's <laughs> the good, toxic. Good that's the toxic part that nobody cares about, and I'm right. really passionate so, about it. I think it's. I think this is like the the issue of our time is probably like other than things that are you know a detriment to our physical health, such as war and famine. This is like a big deal because all of us are now yeah. wrapped up in a device that we don't really know what it's doing, and mm-hmm. and it's creepy and it's gross, and I think. You know, that that's the toxicity that no one cares about because they're like, well, at the end of the day, I get a, a package in, you know, eight hours sent to my house and maybe that's worth mm. it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, right. and, and it's hard to say it's not because everybody uses Amazon Prime and, you know? Yeah. So, or it, everybody <clears throat> going, you know, on the other hand, I, I do want that thing. Yeah, exactly. On the <laughs> other hand, I really do want, you know, a, a yeah. stuffed eagle. You could probably get anything in two days, you know? It's like, oh, man. You can get, have you seen the, speaking of a stuffed eagle, have you seen the uh, Patriot Bible? No, I'm Googling it, it right now. <laughs> it's, it is the the cringiest, like, no, this is not Jesus friendly oh, uh, wow. thing. I like, already hate it. American Patriots yeah. Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's so bad. I think they've got the, they've got this mixed up. I think it's supposed to be like citizen of heaven, Patriot Bible. (laughs) Yeah. It's allegiance to the wrong kingdom folks. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, um, no, it's really, really all about American exceptionalism and patriotism and everything. It, uh, it's not, not good. It's missing the point of the gospel and it's tying it to a country, which is just, super strange like as if this was the the culmination of all god's work was you know our democracy yeah yeah Yeah. but so anyway so so elon Elon made a bid to buy the entire company yes he's the owner of tesla owner of spacex owner of the boring company uh started paypal (laughs) which literally bores holes Um, that's my favorite company name ever yeah the boring company is the best um they dig stuff (laughs) so he essentially has made a, you know, people are calling it a hostile takeover because he's basically saying, mm-hmm. I will buy your whole company. And he's mm-hmm. relying on the on the Security and Exchange Commission in the United States, which is where Twitter is founded and located, to basically say, you have, it would be against your shareholders' interests not to take this because it's a guaranteed mm-hmm. return and you would, you, would di- you would distribute the funds of this sale, you know, yada, yada. And Elon basically said in a TED interview that he wants to keep as many shareholders as he can, but he wants to take the company essentially private. So um, he can only keep like 2,000 shareholders, so it's not a lot because probably everybody has Twitter if you have a 401k. There's probably some of them in there. So um, that's the essential broad strokes thing. What really is going on from his kind of speech uh, that he said is he, he, he believes that you know what Twitter does in quote unquote shadow banning or quote unquote you know um, down voting or or whatever you want to call it. There's it, there's yeah. an unknown thing that happens if you put a tweet out, where sometimes mm-hmm. it gets viral, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it gets lots of likes, sometimes it doesn't, and nobody knows mm-hmm. why, and nobody knows um, what they're doing. There's also um, a lot of not evidence, but just like circumstantially, it's like. There's so many things where somebody ideologically that is unliked right now gets their tweets mm-hmm. really buried or they're not, you know, yeah. um, or even, uh, for instance, the um, just the agreement for something 
like the Hunter Biden laptop story, which we like New York Times now has said that's 100 percent legit. <clears throat> it was a real yeah. thing. There was sensitive info on there. That wasn't good. Like the tech companies just decided that's not real. And right. so Elon, I think, is seeing and squashed this. it. From what I can hear, from this is me projecting, but this is just me piecing together what I've read him, <laughs> about him and what I've watched the interviews mm-hmm. where he's talked about it. Essentially, there has to be a a way for us to like know what's going on with the algorithm of what's mm-hmm. happening to my tweet. Um, there has to be a, um, a you know erring on the side of keeping things there that you don't like. You know, he, he mm. word for word quote, he said, if someone you don't like says something you don't like and they're allowed to say it, that's the that's the hallmark of a functioning free speech like place. Right. And so right now, I that's don't a free society. I would say based, you know, I would say that's not true on Twitter. I don't think you can say whatever you right. want and have it go. OK, I think you get people hate you and dox you and, and want to like, you know, here's yeah. your address. Here's here's a picture of your kids. Here's and it's like, you know, so people are worried that's going to happen more. And I'm like, it's already happening to an alarming amount now. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, no, so I, that's, I know a girl on TikTok who disappeared for a while because she got doxxed yeah. and uh, she was just like, I, I can't for my yeah. mental health. I'm out. And she made, she's a comedian who was an atheist who got saved recently and started, you know, saying all this Christian stuff and made a, made a comment that was, you know, probably like it was questionable. Um, you know, maybe not the greatest comment to have made, but it people took the absolute worst possible con- con- context for it and highlighted that as the only thing and right. said, you're making a mockery of the Holocaust right. and therefore you're a Jew hating, you know, lunatic right wing, you know, psychopath and you don't deserve to live. And these same people are calling these, Ben Shapiro a Nazi at, you know, 10 yeah, minutes later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they're <laughs> right. And, or, uh, or, um, Zelensky, you know, yeah, yeah, it was like, exactly. <laughs> uh, no, that's not how that works. He had family members yeah. anyway. So they, uh, so she disappeared for a while and now she's back on TikTok, uh, but all the comments are off on all of her videos. She's, she's not allowing for anybody to mm. comment or interact <laughs> with anything she does. She's posting stuff, but she's not allowing for any interaction yeah. because people straight like whole accounts were started showing her address, pictures of her right. around. Like she was like, whoa, hang on. Like, this is not okay. You guys are, th- you know, I'm getting all these death threats and then you're telling those people where I live. Yeah. That's not cool. I know. And that's, uh, and that's a real thing. Insane. That's like, it's already happening. And I think, you know, essentially I, I'm from what Elon has said, I'm definitely hoping this happens. I don't think it will. I'm sure they'll find some legal jujitsu to get out of it. Um, I think that Twitter is one of the most toxic things that's happened like to society yeah. because it's, yeah. it's a gross, you know, form of communication. It's too short intention. All intention is lost. Um, for all the mm. good things it's done, I think it's a net negative because I mean, people can, mm. you know, tweet out things that are happening that you might not be able to see in a traditional manner. Um, right. you know, and that's a positive mostly. So I think that this could be a good thing because I just think that nobody is checking mm. this culture from, if you watch movies like, um, the social dilemma, uh, it was a Netflix mm-hmm. documentary that was really powerful. Um, yeah. there's kind of an unchecked, um, like ruling class, basically. It's a weird way to put it, but it's like the, 
these people basically are ruling our lives and we're and we're inviting them to do it and you yeah. know we're we're gladly taking that rule that ownership over us in in terms of you know which if you yeah. put it that way it doesn't sound so good um right and and because you know we can either limit ourselves or try to prevent too much from okay i'll just won't use social media all day but it's like but then why what ads are you seeing what content are you being mm -hmm. fed you know um what are you how do you feel about yourself after you look at it you know all these things so i think that just the fact that someone's challenging it is interesting because mm -hmm. i don't think this is the issue like i said i think this is the issue of our time when i said that i really mean that but i don't i think yeah. as, as a social issue i don't mean like i'd be yeah. much more concerned with people like really and, you know, I I think it's much more important to con to be concerned with spiritual matters are are much more real and important than we give them credit for, and our yeah. culture especially has a hard time dealing with that. So, I think that right. this is, you know, as a social issue, this is kind of as big as it gets because not just what Elon's doing. I just mean that yeah. problem in and of itself, and he's just a player in it right now. Where it's like, whether right. what he does could be good or bad, but it's like it's a big deal that he's trying to do it. I think. Yeah. And, and it's not, it, it's not a, he's causing the problem and it's not, and it's pretty much not that he's going to be fixing it. It's more that it's just some of the weirdness in the midst of what is a really unhealthy, um, and, and strange product of right. our modern society. Um, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of parallels though in, um, <laughs> Like, you know, back in the day, we had all these empires and kingdoms and, and, uh, you know, totalitarian societies. Um, now we still have many of those around the world, but like developed countries generally aren't unless you're Russia, um, you know, like that. Right. And, and so now a lot of that has translated to online stuff where there are weird, like you said, um, you know, almost like oligarchies and monarchies yeah. and, and things where, you know, people control things where, it, <laughs> um, extremely toxic behavior comes in. And, and I mean, I, honestly, I think stuff like the metaverse is only going to make all of that worse. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's another one you know, where I'm just like people developing a second identity that they can fully embrace and just be online and nobody can know the difference. Like that's already kind of a thing. Now it's going to be a bigger thing. Like <clears throat> that's not cool. Um, but all of that, um, turning, turning back to, so where and how yeah. do we point this at Jesus? How do we bring the kingdom of heaven here and so like um you know how do we say on twitter as in heaven how do we make it on instagram as in heaven on facebook as in heaven right. on uh tiktok or youtube you know and that's the nice I, thing about um the nice thing like i said that's the good thing about jesus um <laughs> I'm, well, i mean the, the good thing is, is that it's, it's 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 over all things and in all things and yeah. i say over because i do believe that i i, I believe at the you know, at the, here's, here's how I like to, you know, think of it. If, if anybody listening to this happens to not be a Christian, welcome. I'm glad you're listening. You know, yeah. my, my basic belief is that there is a God, right. And yeah. that he is powerful. And mm -hmm. then I like to think of it, just run a thought experiment. If you don't believe that, like if there was a God, you should probably listen to what he says. 
Mm-hmm. That's just then that's kind of how I get logically to what I believe, right? So just using yeah. that as a framework and that's how you can, you know, get to well, if he is, you know, bigger than all things, he's over all things. Mm-hmm. He could stop existence with a, you know, with a thought. And right. it, you know, if you believe that, well, can't he operate in Twitter? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's kind of a double-edged sword because I understand you can get into some traps about like, well, why does he allow this and that? And you know, I don't want to go down that road. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of really sensible answers to that. You can believe them or not. You know, it's not right. I can't. I can't argue it, into it without talking to you. <laughs> and I probably <laughs> right. couldn't then either. Um, <clears throat> the problem is just, you know, social media is in everything, and how and like you said, how do we bring the kingdom there? Well, it's, mm-hmm. I think it's by understanding the people in it, the, you know, mm. we are always talking to a human being, even if it's a yeah. troll account, you know, um, like yeah. things, things Somewhere that people say to me when human. I'm, you know, I'm a pretty confident person and I think like I have a lot of self-esteem in a, you know, and right. still sometimes if I'm playing video games and someone says that I suck, like yeah. it still sucks, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. And I'm like, I don't even care about this video game all that much, <laughs> you know. Right. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, this this is really gonna matter for my kids when I'm dying. Like, did I play well this match? But it still hurts, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I, they don't know my name. They don't even know who I am. They're just like, what are you doing? And it's like, yeah. maybe I should mute them, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah. and so no, that's how I felt about the this doing the spoken word this week. I was like, what if this sucks? And then we turn on the lights, and I'm in the same room as 40 people. Yeah, like that's gonna, <laughs> yep. that's really embarrassing. Yep, <laughs> I know. And so. so, you know, I think that that's one. I try to do that. So even when someone is really bad to me, like I think I've said this before, it's just I just try to be kind and just see if it turns around. And sometimes yeah. I'll do it to be like mean kind <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but i mean i think yeah. it's um you know interacting on social media is basically like you know i guess tweet as if you will give an account for every tweet to somebody <laughs> when you die you yeah <laughs> and 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 as if that person reading it mattered and that's right. that changes the whole dynamic you know or even what you're putting out there or what you're retweeting or or sharing or liking or spreading you know yeah. it's it's a different world if you're you know, unable to see the fact that, you know, people care about what you post and and it affects them and, you know, it matters to them. So, yeah. Yeah. Every single one of those people is somebody made in God's image and they may be living in as strong and intentionally rebellion as they can possibly muster. And yet Romans 5, 8 says, God's love has proved to us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so I I think, yeah, the Easter uh, moment, um, if nothing else, I mean, really calls to mind that like, man, these are human beings made in the image of God and they're made for the glory of God. And just because most of them, most of us don't honor God in any way with the way we interact online doesn't mean that, um, we just get to write them off and dehumanize them. We've, right. we've got to find ways to bring dignity and humanity back to them and show them a better way. And we can't show them a better way by jumping into the same, you know, poop that they're wading through, right. um, or, and not, or, you know, flinging it around too. Uh, so yeah, I, 
I think I think it's possible to re- to redeem it. And um, it's funny somebody was talking about just this very thing and like how much negative stuff there is on on the internet and all of that. Um, we, we were talking and they were talking about what a need there is for better teaching and better theology to come out in those social spaces where people are to have people representing Jesus and shining biblical light and Holy spirit truth in there. And, um, and Mandy just looked at me and kind of like, I know because she always (laughs) gives me a hard time about like doing that on, on TikTok and, and YouTube and stuff. And I'm like, but like, people like there's a guy I prayed with to like come back to Jesus. Like there's people, a friend of mine just like was doing a live Q and a and an atheist came on there and got saved and like, you know, like cool stuff happens. But then also there's stuff where, you know, like there's bad, bad teaching out there. And so to correct that stuff or get people to think through it, um, you know, is really can be very beneficial and not everybody necessarily has a venue to explore that, you know, or, and figure that out live and in person. And so all they're hearing is one side of it. And if it's untrue, we have the opportunity. I don't have to physically meet that person to be able to speak truth into the thing that they're wondering about and confused by, Right. you know, I can, I can put that out and we can get the truth to more people in better ways. And so I, I think there's a lot of redeeming, possibility to it but not it, there's yeah the creepy big brother totalitarian stuff that is a little terrifying and the amount of just like we're watching you we know um that is off-putting yeah. for sure <laughs> oh for sure yeah i mean <clears throat> that's what's you know interesting to see because from a from a you know personal perspective just as an american who is also a christian living in this world i am like I, I'm fascinated, um, mm. ensnared with, and disgusted by, uh, you know, social media all at once. And yeah. um, I think it's an interesting time to be alive because ultimately it does have a place where it's like, should we just leave it to the wolves and just let it be a cesspool? <laughs> and it's like, probably not. Yeah. But, um, but also I do believe, <clears throat> you know, that there's there's an interesting place, especially experientially, if like you're doing live things on the internet and someone joins in, it's, like you said, that's really interesting to me because, mm. you know, like I I, I went to a, a thing. It was like a really intense, like, um, uh, personal, like, um, I don't even I called it a leadership training, but it was really a deep thing where, um, like, why are you alive? You know that kind of yeah. thing. Uh, my pastor does stuff like that. He's a coach with this organization. They do these trainings, and they're really fun. They're mm-hmm. they're, they're super like in, intense. And yeah. um, uh, I remember someone came up to me afterward. They were like they identified as bisexual, but they also said they were a Christian. You know, so I was just like, mm-hmm. oh, cool. You know, like I'm not going to touch that right now. You know, like because it's like you know I don't I have nothing to do with that. You know, it's between you and uh, Jesus. So yeah. But they were like, you're just so like you you're you're a hundred percent christian and you don't seem weird or like awkward and i was like thank that's the best compliment i've ever received in my whole life because it's just natural you know to talk about things like like if you don't want to hear me talk about jesus fine Mm -hmm. don't listen to it i don't really you know but like but also i mean i would invite you to experience it more than you Mm -hmm. know you know what i mean like like yeah it, it, because to me, for Jesus, Scott. Yeah, because it's <laughs> it's more like 
you know, I don't, you're, the thing that sparked this thought in me is like, you know, a lot of times we're, it's hard to navigate with somebody like that. So they yeah. identify as bisexual. Okay. Mm -hmm. So then I think a lot of times Christians immediately go, well, what do I do? You know? Yeah. And it's like, love them, love them as if they've never, you know, like, yeah. You, if you're expecting them to act a certain way before they can be in, then you better get out because you're not yeah. acting a certain way in a, in some area for sure. Yeah. And so hundred percent, you know, the, the answer I think is, you know, a lot of to check yourself. And I've probably said this over and over again, but I think it's so important, especially <laughs> in this day and age is like, yeah. don't expect people to have the correct, um, theology before they have the correct experience. Cause sometimes right. they get there, you know, and like all yeah. through the book of acts, <laughs> they get right. to the right God, but they're not, they don't believe the right thing. And, yeah. and over time, that's where, that's where discipleship is, is what God put in place. He didn't put in, if the book, you know, if there was a perfect teaching, he would have written it down. Right. You know, like, yeah. like, have you ever thought about that? It's like, if there was a perfect teaching, it would be in the Bible, <laughs> yeah. you know, to where you For needed sure. nothing else. You could just read it and be like, that's it. I can go yeah. live in the mountains and buy a horse and we will be at peace with the creation, you know? <laughs> we'll like, live in the mountains what and it buy is, a horse. is it's an invitation to discipleship. So, so, and this is uh -huh. where our culture sucks because our right. culture hates being told what to do. They hate being told they're wrong. They hate being told that there's anything in their truth that isn't jiving with anything else. And yeah. yet that's exactly what, um, God will is not afraid to do that at all. He has a hundred percent like, uh, Hey, your addiction to porn, that's not working. Yeah. You know, it's not okay. It's not, right. you know, it, whatever you think about it, I don't like it. And yeah. so, you know, and the, the fun thing about me is I don't change. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, right. like, you know what's uh, nice about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone said, uh, you know, God spoke to them once and said, Bobby, um, uh, this is not my friend, Bobby, by the way, but, um, it was yeah. Bobby, you and I are incompatible and I don't change, <laughs> but that's not, that's not God judging him. That's God saying, I, yeah. I'm going to refine you and I'm going to sanctify you, which is a word that just means I'm going to make you more like me walk yeah. with me. I'll show you my ways and, and, mm -hmm. and, and my deeds and what I do and what I care about. And just by being with me, just by being in proximity with me, you're going to change. And that's what I think yeah. the world is so desperate for, especially in social media. They're desperate for someone to come alongside them and endure them, you know, and that's yeah. what Jesus does. Jesus will endure you. And that's why we have a hard time with his grace because it's offensive right. to us. It, you know, it's, yeah. it's, I would never accept that prostitute, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I totally do. And yeah. it's like, why? Uh, on <laughs> on the other hand, Matthew one literally includes Rahab, the prostitute yeah. in the lineage of Jesus. So yeah. So know, it's, it's just such an interesting, you, you know, I think, I think social media just makes it a really like sharp, like, how are we interacting with people? You know? And it's yeah. like, not well, <laughs> right. a lot of the time. Yeah. You know? No. And that's, um, yeah, and actually, uh, coming up next, uh, the the interview that's going to be the second half of this uh, episode. I was talking with a girl that um, uh, does a lot in the rest of the world. Like, you know, she's involved in fitness and involved in music and and stuff, and has a lot of people around that aren't Christians, but they're curious about. Um, about her faith, not because she's walking around, you know, correcting everybody, but because she's living it in a way that it is an example. And people are going like, dude, there's something great here. I want some of that. 
you know, what's, what's good in that. And so she gets opportunity to, to share her faith and everything, uh, in that. I think that's, that's such a great picture of, of what that should look like that if we're truly living for Jesus, then yeah, many people will reject it and they will literally at times even like the hatred should come from not from our condemnation and they're rejecting our calling out of their sin. Right. What it's supposed to be is for our righteousness, we get mocked and shunned and everything else. That's rarely happening these days. That's never what the church, like right now, the scandals are this pastor was embezzling and this pastor was a toxic leader who mentally abused all of his employees. You know, this, this pastor had an affair with all these people and all that, or, you know, this one's secretly addicted to whatever. And it's like, dude, that's not being persecuted for your righteousness. That's not somebody coming after you because you're doing great things that that's you being as worldly as you can while claiming Jesus and being unwilling to repent and turn away from it in the midst of that, instead of like recognizing even just personally and going like, Oh, I've messed up. I've got to get right. I've got to confess to God. I've got to take steps to eradicate these things from my life. And I I don't think that means every time, you know, it comes to public confession, but it also, you know, like some of these people, the whole thing, all the evidence is out and they're still going like, no, it wasn't me. You know, it's like, what are you in a shaggy video? Like, that's not how that works. You know, like she got me on camera. It wasn't me. No, that's not. That's not it. And Jesus knows, dude, like get right with him. Like he offers complete grace and forgiveness for these things, but not just so that we can go on sinning. Right. It's so that we can step freely into the righteousness and sanctification, like you were saying. And so that's, um, so for everyone listening, I'm excited for y'all to hear, uh, the interview, uh, that I have coming up with Megan. Actually, you know, Megan, Megan Spencer. Um, oh, nice. Scott. So Meg, Meg uh, she's, yeah. So she, it's she fantastic plays drummer. Yeah. She's really good. Uh, and she plays with Jarrett at purpose church and, um, you know, as a professional drummer and, nice. uh, we should have Jarrett to, in here. I, Tell him that <laughs> I've asked him a couple times. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we he's will too fancy. one of these days. He is. He's too cool. He's <laughs> off making rad videos with everybody. So, uh, but anyway, so stick around if you're listening to this or watching it. Uh, we have an interview coming up with Megan and that's a lot of fun. Scott, thanks for chatting with me. You are great. It's always a good time. You're awesome. Love talking you. With you. Thank you for, uh, love you. Thank you for going boldly into the realm of the kingdom first in, in my life <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> by hey, the way fun I'm glad fact, you my brother my brother became saved way before me and and if it weren't for him i doubt i would have met jesus at least when i did so thanks forever grateful literally forever <sighs> me too <laughs> no, that one of my favorite moments ever of um the process of becoming a christian and and exploring that at first was um you know, conversation we had kind of reconciling some, some stuff between us because I was a pretty horrendous older brother to you for a long time. And, uh, <laughs> I think you were I, just I, a I just normal older brother though. Talk it, Cause ooh, I have I three, know. I have, I have two opportunities to watch my children who are, you know, there's three of them. Yeah. So two of them are older brothers and yeah. they're, they're pretty on par. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how, how bad it gets as they get older. But, um, yeah, man, I, 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 uh, still, it, you know, gets me, 
gets me emotional uh, when uh, I think of the conversation that we had um, the first time. You know, you really uh, pointed out, it meant so much to me to hear you uh, just recognize and point out what Jesus was doing in me mm. and um, and that that was that was something that you wanted to um to see as well like that's what was drawing you toward um exploring faith in christ and uh man that the reconciliation of our relationship and knowing that jesus was making the kind of impact that was appealing to somebody else um is that's the whole thing yeah that's the whole thing so do you ever think about how like (laughs) sometimes i think about our relationship but just how each individual was Mm -hmm. you know and i'm just like I'm like, look, someone could look at us and be like, gosh, they have a long way to go with Jesus. Right. You should have, yes, a hundred percent, dude. I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> like, how yeah. far. like Jesus, he, we will be trophies of grace in eternity. A hundred percent. People yeah. will look at what Jesus did in our lives and be like, you can forgive that. Yeah. You, you can sure. restore that. Over and 100%. over. 100%. We I am happy to I will boast in the Lord in that way, man. Like, yeah. I'm I'm exactly. grateful. <laughs> yeah. So that's the Man, that's the whole thing. Scott, I love you, man. Love and you. uh you are rad for Jesus. Thanks for being on here. Everybody else stick around. Got a cool interview coming up with Megan Spencer, uh, Megan Spencer Drums on social media and Scott, we'll talk to you soon. Be rad for Jesus. Okay, I'm here with Megan Spencer of at Megan Spencer Drums, or as my uh, notifications on my AirPods like to say, Megan Spencer Drums. And uh, she's all over Instagram and TikTok now and got some YouTube stuff. And uh, she's pretty awesome. Megan, welcome to the Be Rad for Jesus podcast. Tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, so I am just outside of Los Angeles, California. I live in Ontario, and um, nice. I there's am- an airport there. It, yes, there's an airport. <laughs> yeah, we have a big mall. <laughs> and Perfect. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, but yeah, great great old Ontario. And uh, yeah, so a little bit about myself. Well, I guess I should preface. I actually know Brian because I was in one of his fifth grade classes when I was his student back then. So yeah, that's how we know each other. And now I'm 24, going to be 25 this year. So you can kind of do the math. Wow, just like <laughs> threw down like that. Yeah, you know, just uh, friends. You're young. You're young. (laughs) I'm young. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was in Brian's class more than a decade ago. So do the math. Figure out how old he is now. (laughs) (laughs) We're good. We're good. But that's how we met. And then um, around that time, I had uh, started drumming at church and uh, learning how to play, and that basically like changed the last like ten years of my life. And so. was drumming all the way through high school and ended up going to college for it. And now that's basically what I do. So I teach private drum set students and I have, uh, let's see, 26, 27 private students right now. And then, um, I gig, uh, I'll like, you know, commute over to LA and do some gigs out there. I do some recording stuff in my little home studio, which I'm in right now. Um, and I have a lot of fun with that. And then I got, married three and a half years ago and we have two dogs uh darla and bailey they're great 
awesome. and uh, that's basically my life right now. It's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying where I'm at. So yeah, that's so cool, man. And and you play drums at church, at yes. a church where a good friend of ours also uh, from the same church back in the day, but now at mm-hmm. a new one. And yep. so uh, our buddy Jarrett leads worship over there, and yep. uh, you get to to sing, play with him and man i saw Every, like yeah. you guys had joe and all these other people that i know that i was i was so uh jealous i'm like man this feels like such a throwback to you know my time uh our time really at covina was. like 15 years ago like, yeah so no seriously yeah. we have some great people now over it at, at purpose so it's great yeah yeah that's awesome so megan that that's so cool i love hearing uh I love seeing and hearing all of the things that you've done on, on social media. You have so many cool, uh, you do a ton of great drum covers uh, and stuff. And so those are always cool to see, you know, your own yeah. flair. And it, it's weird how many songs you don't think of as having a really intense or really interesting drum beat until yep. you see that drum cover. And then it's totally. like, oh, dang, they threw yeah. down and like my yeah. favorite. Uh, and it wasn't from a, I don't remember, I don't want to claim this. So, but okay. I feel like maybe you also did this one, but, um, mm-hmm. there was a guy, one of the first big drum cover videos like this that I remember seeing, uh, is a guy who I'm sure you know who he is. I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he did the who let the dogs out cover uh, drum cover. And, um, anyway, it doesn't matter, but yeah. I just remember that one because it was like, when you think of something with like a really intense, complicated drum beat, nobody thinks no. off the top of my head, songs with great drum beats. Who let the dogs out? The dogs. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> but it's so like overly like hyperactive yeah. kind of, yeah. you know, uh, almost like reggaeton Rastafari kind of beat to it. But it is so complicated and intense. And, well, at least the drum cover was. Um, yeah. And and it's so fast. And uh, that was just such a cool, like, I can't believe I'm really jamming out to this song right now, but like with yeah. drums, you know, maxed out and you can see him and he's like, you know, anyway, so I'm going to have, I'm going to have to find this video now. I don't, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen it. So I have to watch it. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll, I'll see if I can find it, but yeah, look up mm-hmm. who let the dogs out drum cover. And I'm sure when you see it, you're going to be like, Oh, that guy, of course, everyone yeah. knows him. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I don't know him. You're the drummer. I know you're the famous yeah, drummer. I'm supposed to, me, to know so. everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, <laughs> it's part of your job. You have to know all yeah. the people now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, I love that. And so you, you do this professionally and then you also serve in the, in the yeah. church with that and, yep. uh, and you're raising up others and, uh, and that's both a cool way to, you know, use what you love to be doing. Mm-hmm. more and to be raising up more people and sharing that gift with others. There's, you know, some elements of discipleship uh, yeah. in that. And um, so I want to, I want to take things back a little farther because sure. like you said, like I, I know you from back in like fifth and sixth grade, mm-hmm. that's a while ago. Um, yep. And that's pretty young. And you were uh, in, heavily involved uh, in the church and, you know, kids and kids ministry and youth group stuff yep. then already. When would you say or how did you meet Jesus or, or what's your, what's the significant turning point where Jesus made a radical shift in your life and you knew this is, this is the way to follow him? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I grew up in a Christian family, so I grew up with Jesus and God and church around me for my whole life. 
Um, technically, I accepted Christ when I was four. So, you know, I like was a Christian at four. You know, do I did I fully understand what that meant? No. You know, at four, you're just like, okay, I love Jesus. Yay. But you don't really have like this strong personal connection until you get older. So, um, honestly, like be very honest with you, I probably really made my personal connection and uh, like um, true relationship with Jesus when I was in your class. So probably about fifth grade, fifth and sixth grade. Yeah. <laughs> Is that just because you're on with me right now? No, That's no it. it's, oh. it's the honest, it's the honest truth. I, it was, it was in your That's class where thing. I really started. Yeah. I really started, you know, feeling like Jesus was um, personal for me and he was my savior, my Lord. And I get to have, you know, uh, a private and like, you know, personal relationship with him, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that started in fifth and sixth grade. And then, um, I mean, I really pressed in during high school though. High school was such a developmental time, I guess you could say. Um, you know, in high school, you have so many struggles. You're just like going through all the drama and there's all, yeah. you know, there's so much stuff in high school. And I mean, I really, uh, latched on to God and my relationship with him during that. And he was the only reason I got through high school successfully (laughs) and (laughs) didn't turn into a crazy person. But yeah, I would, I would say fifth and sixth grade with you was that like real Mm. big turning point. And then through high school, it just, it grew stronger and stronger. Dude, that's awesome. What, um, so I'm, I'm curious in that. What makes you, say that like what was it about that time or what what did what was different that you connected with god or or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know like do you do you have anything that like this is how that started to become my thing is you know learning scripture or you know Mm -hmm. learning how to pray or or, you know recognizing this truth or does that question make sense yeah no no no. i think i think when I entered into being like a teenager, you become uh, more aware of what other people have to say. You become mm-hmm. kind of self-conscious sometimes, right? And um, you're listening to what the world says. You're listening to what your peers are saying, your friends, the the leaders and other people, teachers around you. And sometimes those things aren't good, right? And mm-hmm. um, sometimes it can be character shaping, but other times it can just be hurtful. And mm-hmm. so I think... Um, when I was in junior high, high school, primary high school at that point, um, I realized like, you know, the uh, God, what he says about me is more important. And if he's telling me that, you know, I'm, I'm loved, I'm cared for, he, you know, and all these good things about me. And then I have all these other people who are saying all these other things and making me feel all sorts of ways. Like, why would I choose to listen to all these other voices when? God saying this about me. And yeah. um that's when I just had to make that conscious decision. You know what? I'm just going to focus on what God has to say about me and really pull into that. And that's that's kind of I guess what I'm getting at a little bit. Um yeah. with my time in high in high school, but yeah, I I was just a self-conscious kid in, in high school. <laughs> hey, so most people are even if they don't admit yeah. it. <laughs> Yep, no. it's true. It's true. Even though I was like doing the whole drummer thing and everybody was like, oh, yeah, Megan, she's cool. Like she plays drums, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, no. 
<laughs> any if you said any one little thing, I would be like, oh, oh no, <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I get that. It. I mean, yeah. Admittedly, and maybe it's more in creative things, but I feel like you know the things we see from the pandemic and everything. That that yeah. is a. Um, the the mental health side of that mm-hmm. is real and legit too that yep. there is um along with anxiety and depression and everything mm-hmm. that people struggle with i think kind of on the surface but something that leads into a lot of that is uh, you know and kind of inherent insecurity and so that yep. um that security in christ in knowing your savior um is a good anchor point for that yep. so that that doesn't um uh, get out of out of control but even for us like just it you know this last week was easter right and yep. uh, for our easter services um, we started with um uh i kind of remade something that i'd done at a previous church and so we uh started with spoken word and um that i had written and nice. and it's in a room with like 40 people and it's so much scarier there than it was in like my last church was a big church and so there were mm-hmm. like you know 1500 people in there at a time yeah. and that was less scary because I'm 40 feet away from the nearest person. Cause I'm on a huge stage, like back away from everyone. And they're in, you know, like stadium seating off in the back yep. and they're all in the dark. And I got this spotlight and it's like, I can't see anybody. I know I'm in this big room, but like, you know, but this, it's like, yep. we had most of the lights off and stuff. And it's still like, they're just right there. Like, you know, if I like spit a lot, they're going to feel it, you know, <laughs> like, feel it. And so, yeah. And I'm like, this just, I know every person in the room, uh, I know, it, you know, and so that it was a yeah. lot more intense. I was like, I hope this doesn't suck, you know? Um, and it's just this little church, but, um, it went, it went well, but I was seriously nervous and insecure yeah. uh, yep. about doing it. Um, and then, um, yeah. And then people cheered like toward the end as it like builds. And I was like, okay, yeah. cool. This is going all right. And then I'm saying, and I was like really happy to just get to the like, let's go, you know, and like, yeah. let's do the song now. And, and that was way better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. But, uh, yeah. well, I'm sure God used it in a great way too, though, even with your nerves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think after the fact, yeah. like, um, doing that and being raw about it. And I even asked, like, at rehearsal, I was like, hey, so here's here's the thing. Should we do this? We can still cut it. And, and the band was like, no, that was, that's powerful and like Mm -hmm. raw and it's real. And I think people, you know, want to hear that. And then that is the, the kind of things that people gravitate toward with our church anyway. Like, you know, our Mm -hmm. announcements are always sloppy and people are like, no, but I love it. Cause it's just like, feels like a real person just telling me stuff instead of like, here's our professional overview, you know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, newscaster giving you the rundown. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so like, <laughs> that's cool for some places. That's just not our vibe. Sure. Um, no, no. Okay. So what is the raddest thing that God has ever done in your life? Ooh. And while you think about that, like the reason, like the whole thought behind the podcast, right, is that like following Jesus is radically different and radically awesome. And one yeah. of the most radically different things that can happen is we meet Jesus. And we'll get to that yep. in a second too. But what's the most radically awesome thing that you have either personally experienced or personally witnessed? You know, because sometimes that stands out. You're like, I was right there and this happened, you know? Yeah. So. Ooh. That is so, it's just, that's such a tough, 
thing to answer because there's so many rad things. Like, obviously, like, I, you know, there's, like, so many rad things, like, as far as, like, miracles, too, that I've experienced and witnessed and seen, like, amazing stuff. But, ah, if we're... Okay, top two or three. (laughs) (sighs) Really? Top two or three? Oh, my goodness. You're making this so hard. Ah, <laughs> I thought that but, would be easier. You're like, well, okay, I can think um, of a few. I don't know which one okay, comes okay. to the top. So this yeah. one. Yeah. Well, maybe one that relates a little bit more to me. Okay. This, and this, you know what? This one will connect with you too. I just, and this was in my younger years and I just thought it was absolutely crazy. So, uh, and this is more of just kind of like a God working in a very tangible way kind of story. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, there was one time I was I was in high school and I was maybe like a sophomore I don't know and um, I was on the worship team with uh, do you know Emily and Stephen Deraventa right oh, yeah. yeah and I mm-hmm. was on the worship team with them and um, I one night had been in my bedroom and I was like praying and just pondering on you know things of God and just talking with him and then um, I I was like looking through my like worship binder had like a bunch of music in there right mm-hmm. and i was just flipping through whatever and looking at some songs for the next day and i just set it on my bed and like didn't think twice right and then i leave the room i take my phone with me and um i like go do what i need to do i come back and my folder has moved from my bed where i had left it to like the desk and i was like okay why why did it move? Like, this is real trippy, real trippy. Yeah. And I I didn't look at it. I just saw it over there. And it's like, that's so weird. And it's like, hey, hey Morgan. Because Mor- for those who don't know, Morgan's my twin sister. Brian knows that, though. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, I'm like, hey, Morgan, did you move my folder? And she's like, no, what are you talking about? I have been in my room this whole time. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm not trying to start a fight. Not kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, and then I, I go back in my room. I look at the folder. And it's open to you won't relent you know that song mm, you won't uh-huh. relent until you have it all my heart is your that one yeah. so it was open to you won't relent and that it, obviously i'm tripping out now i'm like okay my folder moved from my bed to my desk and it's open to you won't relent which i was not on that page before i left the room this is trippy i didn't at that time i didn't know how to comprehend that and what it meant all i knew was okay i trust Emily Daraventa and she's my friend. I'm going to text her and I'm going to tell her what just happened. Like, this mm-hmm. is trippy. Like, why? And so I text her. I'm like, Emily, you would not believe it. My folder just moved and it was open. You won't relent. In that exact moment, on, I guess, her end at her house, she was praying in her room and asking God for a tangible sign that he was there for her. And in that moment, she was listening to You Won't Relent. Yes. In her bedroom, worshiping. And <laughs> my text was the tangible sign that God was looking out for her. And Dude. two people in two totally different spaces <laughs> who had no idea what's going on. And this is how God chose to connect us and use us in that moment. Oh, I love that. And oh, it's just that. mind blowing. I was like, and th- that that's insane. That had to, that has to be probably one of the trippiest things is that, that my folder moved. I mean, you think about that, like yeah. how, how yeah, I don't even want to like comprehend. A... 
Yeah, yeah. and and then she's <laughs> in her room listening to you won't relent, asking for a literal sign from God. So I mean, it's just crazy. God's insane, but he'll do stuff like that. I mean, that's what makes him so rad. Like he'll do crazy stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and I, I love that too. Thank you for sharing that because that's yeah. that's one of those things where you know I think sometimes like you know somebody would hear something like that and you know write it off as a coincidence or whatever else it, totally. or something. But I have heard so many and I've experienced so many yep. of those moments where God uses a little thing like that, mm-hmm. somebody who had no way of knowing this. Mm-hmm. And happened to come with that exact thing in yeah. that right moment, not because they were going like, okay, God, right now, like, I'm going to test you and show me this, but just somebody who just really, truly needs that, not yep. because they want to test God, but because they're just going like, please show me. And then the weirdest set of orchestrated events come together yep. where it's like, look, I'm trying to like shout at you. This is uh this is what I'm up to. Yep. And, um, and, and I see you and I just, man, I love that so yeah. much that, that I can think of so many times where I've seen and or heard of God doing stuff very similar to that. Yes. And it's, and it's awesome. So that is, that is super cool. Did, did you have, did you have an, another one that came to mind as well while you were sharing that? Or that's the one that stands out. That one has always been the, the like staple one for me that I'm just like, oh my goodness, I can't get over okay. that story. I get goosebumps every time. But it, yeah. as far as like just other red things, I mean, like maybe it's not maybe as much as in like a miracle kind of tangible sense, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, but like, um, and maybe this is skipping ahead, I'm not sure. But anytime in my personal life that I, well, I guess I should preface, I felt like God from a young age has always called me to music and mm-hmm. that I should always be in music and using music either, well, obviously to serve him, but also just in general, right? Mm-hmm. As like a career path too. Um, and so anytime throughout my, I'm going to say last 10 years that I have tried and I've tried to stray away from music or do something different or like mm-hmm. a, maybe half music, half this. Every single yeah. time it has not worked out. And <laughs> I have always been pulled back into doing more music and making it the thing so like the last it is jesus it really is and that's just a testament to my life i mean like more recent i had you know been doing music uh like kind of part-time and whatever and i was working at a dental office the other half the the time and i was like felt so uninspired and such but i was like oh but the paycheck's good so like i'll just stay blah 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 yeah and I just, you know, it's like, okay, this is, this is what it is. Like, but nope, God had other plans. He, he quickly turned the situation around and opened up a door for me to make music full time. And, yeah. um, but he's done stuff like this over the last 10 years because I'm stubborn. I like, it wasn't, <laughs> a, it, it wasn't until recent, like, I mean, literally like, I guess this past November that I made music full time and I've mm. chosen as long as I can keep it full time. That's what I'm going to do. And um, so because it's clearly what he wants me to do because he's closed doors and open doors very clearly. So <laughs> that's awesome, dude. For me, that's like the raddest thing is that he. Yeah, he's he's taken my passion, like the thing I'm already passionate about mm-hmm. and that I love and keeps putting me on that path, putting me on that path. And yeah. 
um, making it happen. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and, and giving you that talent and passion, I mean, that comes from God. And so exactly. giving you that and then going, I'm, I'm going to provide a way for you to yep. utilize this, uh, um, in your life and for the kingdom. Um, so, and maybe this is part of that. What's, um, so the other half of kind of our, you know, purpose mm-hmm. as a podcast, uh, sure. what's radically different because for you, and, and it might be something completely different. Maybe it's something from yeah, high yeah. school, but, but following Jesus, you know, the path of the world goes all over the place yeah. and the path of Jesus is this straight and narrow path that, yeah. um, at times really obviously diverges from, uh, the way popular society goes. And so mm-hmm. where do you personally experience that the most? What's radically different about following Jesus for you? Um, mm, I would say, especially as of lately too, I feel like I've gotten the chance to implement this more, but is being a true, just like walking example of how, a Christian should be amongst non non Christians, you know, and mm-hmm. representing Christ just by who I am and my personality with other people. Uh, I uh, just started um, teaching at a newer place again back in like November, and then mm-hmm. now I'm like super involved at the gym too. And both those places have uh, you know a lot of people who are non Christians, right? Yeah, and uh, with people who are. Mm, like very worldly you know we have a lot of different views and thoughts about things and I think the most um radically different thing that I get to display to them is just uh like Christ through me you know being Mm -hmm. being being a a good friend Christ or Jesus was a friend to everyone Mm -hmm. no matter who they were what they had done he was a friend um he served everyone so I when I go, you know, to my job, when I go to the gym, I'm trying to serve people, trying to, you know, help them like, oh, you, you need help with this. OK, I'm there for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Jesus obviously uplifted those and I'm trying to uplift those people around me. And I think yeah. that as I get older and I think this happens for a lot of people, um, I really am taking or seeing what Jesus's example in the Bible was and being like, well, Jesus was like that. So I should be like that. Like. I should really start acting like how he did when, when he was here, you know, um, he literally is our example. Um, not just words that we read in a, you know, in the Bible and and like, Oh, I'm just gonna kind of read this and not do any of it. (laughs) So I think that's, that's the, the radical thing. And like people, uh, realize the difference. Um, I was just telling Nathan, my husband last night, I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, Nathan, like I have more community now than I've ever had in like the last couple years. And I told him, I was like, it's crazy. Like I've become the person that people uh, just start talking about their personal lives to and like opening up to. And they're just, I'm not asking for, I'm just standing there and just haven't been nice and a good person. And they're laying all this out. And because, (laughs) because of that, like, Hey, I get to actually encourage them and give, give them um, wisdom that they may not know is biblical wisdom, but it is <laughs> just yeah. sneaking it in, you know? And, uh, yeah, it's been really awesome. And I've had the opportunity to invite all these people to church and try to get That's them awesome. in and like drop little you know, Jesus nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus nuggets. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's the that's the the raddest part about it. Um, like awesome. Yeah, he he's just been using me a lot like that lately. So yeah, yeah, and and that's that's great, especially right now. I think um, so much of the narrative about church and about Christians yep. is the so negative right now. And, and then even amongst like church culture, you know, there's all the, like the deconstruction testimonies are really big and that's never what people call them, but that really is what it is. People are giving yep. testimonies of why they don't go to church and, yep. and it's almost always related back to, it's never like, well, God didn't show up. God didn't do this. It's like, everything was cool. And then these people suck. And yep. then, and so the, I think the more we can show that we're not all like that, the better, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's, uh, that's huge for people to see, oh, this is what Jesus looked like. Like you said, yeah. like, this is the way Jesus treated people. So I'm trying to treat people that way. And that is different. And it comes from a, a different place, um, even than other people who are nice. Like it, it in general, that stands out. And when people go, why are you being like this? Yeah. Exactly. Check out Jesus. So, yeah. yeah. Ah, sorry. Something just flew into my eye. Um, You're getting emotional. No. <laughs> I am. I'm feeling verklempt. All it's right. so beautiful. <laughs> I need a moment. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. Consider. Yeah. There right. you go. Um, <laughs> um, oh, boy. Random throwbacks. Um, okay. So. I have uh, a couple of, uh, somehow or other, I like to do games um, yeah. with people because, you know, being in youth ministry for a long, long time, uh, I like to you know, to just you. have a fun. So without, you know, thinking them through too, too much, you, you know, okay. just kind of rapid-ish response. Um, you've been playing drums for a long time. Yes. And so... Um, this is more just like the fun side, I guess, more than okay. a game. But um, tell me, what what's the biggest drum fail you've had in in worship, in church specifically, I want to ask about. In church specifically, what's the biggest fail? Two? I have two. You got, I you have got two. two. All right. Let's They're so worth it. I'll go fast with the first one. So the first no, one, I was, I was playing in... Luckily, this okay. This was actually during a rehearsal. Thank the Lord. If it happened live, I don't know what would have happened, but it was <laughs> during a rehearsal. But I was playing. I'm in the full drum cage with the plexiglass around me and the top and the back, so it was mm -hmm. fully enclosed. And I'm playing. We're going for it. Playing some fast song. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the whole cage collapses on me. I. <laughs> didn't stop playing i was playing with the cage on my back like yes. with <laughs> with the whole thing on top of the back and the front on top of me and i'm still playing I'm like help help <laughs> and i don't awesome. know why i kept going because it's just rehearsal but that was one that was pretty bad and then two <laughs> that's amazing this is my favorite one this one happened live i was playing uh just one of the worship songs um and let's pretend it's uh I don't know. Let's pretend it's Oceans, because everybody okay. knows that song, right? Let's pretend it's Oceans. I was playing, uh, and we're going for it, and I had played the whole song and kept my mouth closed the whole time. Mm -hmm. Normally, I sing along, but mm -hmm. for some reason, this this time, I had my mouth closed. And keep in mind, it, 
a purpose. We have a bunch of cameras around us, and there's one camera right in front of me. There's like a mm-hmm. GoPro right here if they pan to that angle. So GoPro's right in front of me, watching me. I'm. We're about to go in, into the big like final chorus, and I will call upon your name. I've kept my mouth closed the whole time. I'm going into it. And I will call. I open my mouth to sing, and oh my goodness, I realized I didn't swallow my spit the whole song. And <laughs> I thought that's where this was going, and I was like, "Come on, yes, and, yes." And all my spit came flo- both sides of my mouth flowing down onto my shirt, and the GoPro caught the whole thing. Oh. <laughs> and the camera crew was like, "What?" Do you have the production? um, (laughs) Do you have the producer in your ear for that? Like, did you hear them commenting that or no? No, no, I didn't. didn't, It was afterwards. I didn't have him in my ear, but oh Oh, man, man. that was so. And then, and then, I was playing, and then I was because I didn't know what to do. I had to keep playing because we were at the biggest moment of the song. So I literally took my shoulder. Was like. That's people talk about like stank face when you're playing, and yeah. like that's a yeah. whole next level of like. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. That's my that was my favorite. That is oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I felt like uh, you know in Big Hero Six when uh-huh. Hero is first like relaying the um the plan and he's like we're gonna be superheroes and it like right yeah. when he starts to get it and you see fred like looking around and he's like yeah yeah like i felt like that just yeah. now like yeah. I'm, on, I I'm like i, I know. know where this is going <laughs> i know yes <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it has so to be good. one of my golden moments <laughs> oh of drumming. Uh, that's that's amazing uh, there's a <laughs> there's a video that came out recently of um uh, um, you can hear the music director, you know, in oh, everybody's okay. ears at a church yeah. where, you know, they have all this, they have, you know, live camera crew, they have all the thing. Everybody's got the in-ears in so they can all hear the band director giving yeah. direction of like what's coming next. And they have crowd mics, which I don't know why they chose to do it this way, because most people will hang mics up high where yeah. you're like getting an overall sound, but mm-hmm. you're not getting... Like it doesn't look like it. You're at a college university where you're like lining up to take questions, you know, mm-hmm. but these guys had floor stands with mics pointed at the audience for oh. crowd mic. <laughs> Some generous congregant felt like that was their cue to come up and sing into it. And they did. And this person, uh, they are of the joyful noise gift set. Yes. <laughs> and so, I mean, like, I don't even, so let's say it's Oceans. I forget which song it was. It's not yeah. Oceans. Um, yeah. And they're going into like Rattle next or something, which comes up in the mm-hmm. thing. But they're, as they're going, the guy's like, you know, it's like, I will call upon, you know, here's the song going, uh-huh. your name. And then, and keep my eyes above the waves. <laughs> like, just, not the same key he's not in rhythm he's not like everything is wrong and then all of a sudden i mean you don't see him 
but you yeah. can hear the music director just like, turn that off, turn off the crowd mics, turn off the crowd mics. Oh my gosh, turn off the crowd mics. Okay, swell, no. swell. Somebody turn off swell. the crowd mics. <laughs> Come on, turn off the crowd. Okay, okay. We're swelling, we're swelling, we're swelling. And the guy sings oh, like my. an entire chorus and then goes back finally at the end of the song. He's like, and now we're on to rattle in D, rattle in D, rattle in D, or, you know, whatever the song is. Yeah. And he's like calling out for that. And it's just like, oh my, it's like the weirdest mixture of yes this is why it's, it's difficult to play on stage in a yeah. big church because you have the in-ear with like the click yeah. and chorus yeah, yeah, yeah. two three four mm-hmm. and you're like oh my gosh you know whatever yeah. but then you also have you know and then with a live music director then you have somebody actually shouting instructions in your ear yep. i'm like oh my gosh i'd play so many wrong notes like yeah. i struggle enough just with the click and the cues and then of course oh, I, I swear, like anytime it really matters where I need to know what that thing's telling me to do next, mm-hmm. like where your timing's off or it's like, I don't know if we're on the fifth or the 10th bridge right now. So <laughs> I don't know when we go back to the chorus or drop out or whatever. Yep. I never, ever hear that thing when I need it. I always hear it when I don't want it. And I'm like, I know where I am. Shut up. You know? Yep. And then yep. all of a sudden I'm leading and I'm like singing my heart out and the thing shouts something in my ear. And I'm like, I don't know what it said. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> the worst. Uh, we had to do that this weekend uh, with, you know, song risen, risen, he's risen yeah. forever glorified. That one. We did that one with, um, cause that, well, we, we just put on a huge thing for Easter Sunday uh, this weekend because we mm. remodeled our sanctuary and this was the reopening of it. So we had our main choir, our orchestra, our kids choir, and our Hot worship bang. team all <laughs> play. I know. There was like at least 100 and, 150 people on stage. And... um. At least. And so, and you have more we don't, people on stage than I had at my whole church. For right? I, yeah. It's, it was insane. And so we uh, normally don't play with click, but with that song, there's so much like synth and electronic stuff that we really needed yeah. it to, to fill it up. So we had click and track. And so just for that song and man, I, it's been a hot minute since I've had to play with one. And every single time I like, I just cranked that click up so I could hear the, the chorus two, three, four yeah. in my ear. And I was like, Ah, and making sure it's on point to keep all those people playing. I was stressing out, but yeah, it was still, it was no, and, still good. And that's the, that's the hard <laughs> thing about good. it that people don't hear too. Cause like, I mean, you need it to come ahead of time. So you have yeah. the lead in to it, but yeah. it's like, if you think about like, there's something happening right there, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, like we sang, um, you know, living hope and yep. uh, you know, like verse three, I've done that song to a click as well. And that's a really hard one for me to do to the click because at the end of verse three, you know, it goes back. It's like now core or, you know, uh, build. That's what it was. It had a, mm. it had a thing that says build, but I'm not hearing it. And so it no. sounds like, just, oh, and like I heard something. I'm like, I don't know if that was bridge. We're not going to the bridge. We're going to the chorus. Yeah. And I went to the chorus a whole measure too early because oh, you, you no. hold it because, um, <clears throat> Uh, I can't think of it. Um, it's because uh, it comes in a measure early, and, and so it's oh, has, oh yes, yeah, has robbed the grave. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, Jesus, da, da. yours is the oh, yeah. victory. Yes. And on that yes. whoa, you hang yes. on that last note for yep. an extra measure, and so uh, you, you know, um, 
Yeah, because because uh, the first time it's really quiet and you don't do the fifth line, you just do the first chunk. And yep. so you you do that and then you sing it again, you know, like um, death has no claim on me or, you know, the grave has no claim on me. And then you start over and then singing it bigger now. And so it's like I'm blowing out my own ears here. Like I'm singing much louder than I can hear. Yeah. And then, you know, and, I'm, and Jesus, yours is the victor build two three and i'm like what like and like, victor huh <laughs> you just Thank repeat you, the same line three ruining. times till it gets on yeah. Yeah. yeah well yeah and then you and you can't do stuff like that with a click because the click yeah. has moved on now it's yep. getting all sorts of cues and the yep. and if you have pads and and synth totally. lines or or you know like lead parts 15 through 20 in there mm-hmm. yeah you have all these other sounds that will throw off the key and everything and that Oh, that's always, always, always rough. I much prefer to just be like, like, look here, I'm going to do this and I'm just going to nod at you. And you start singing. Literally, no one cares. Yep. Yep. The the congregation's not like, well, I was worshiping. And then the the guy nodded at the girl to start singing. And I was just thrown out. I was pulled out of worship right then and there. I I can't (laughs) praise the Lord with head wagon going on like that. Yeah. Head wagon. (laughs) Head waggling. You know. Let's just go I back to it. hymnals. Forget it. <laughs> oh. 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 I like to throw in the hymns. I like to do the, I like to do the, the Phil Wickham vibe though, where you like throw yeah. in a little bit of a hymn as like a reprise on a song or something, or like, you know, yeah. for songs that don't really have a strong bridge and it, mm. you know, it's like, I don't want to do the chorus for the 800th time. So let's go to something else. Yeah. And then you, you know, lead out with, with something. Um, so yeah, we, we closed out living hope with, uh, um, with Oh Praise the Name, oh, you know, which uh, Hillsong kind of brought that back because they did mm-hmm. they did a song where they put that the first line of that hymn as the chorus, Oh Praise the Name oh. of the Lord Our God and all that. But we just sang it a cappella after, you know, say Hallelujah, nice. Christ has, you know, no, no. I don't remember all the lyrics because yeah. all we sang were resurrection songs. So I forget, mm-hmm. but it's Hallelujah, all this, you know, you have broken every chain. Uh, there's salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, our living hope. God, you are our living hope. Yeah. And then back to, and then just acapella. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. And, and that's, I love, oh, I love those it. moments when it's like, yeah. Here's a song, and like you can hear the old guys that like they they're they tolerate the new worship, yes. and so then all of a sudden you know everybody's singing, it's like, oh praise the name of the Lord our God, you know, like yeah. all of a sudden these huge baritones come in, you're like, yeah, I, I know, see yeah, you, yeah. Sir. all right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you hear you hear all the seventy year olds pulling out their pipes, yeah, just mm, yeah, yeah, they're getting it, yeah, yeah, and you're like, why don't you sing like that on you know whatever other song, like, yeah, I, come on, yep. this song could have used that kind of power um, totally <laughs> all right i love it man That's yeah great. that was uh that was fine okay what um it, here's here's uh one last silly question i think cool. uh, just to bring it back and then um and then we'll uh sort of wrap this thing up nice. um i'm curious in your opinion as a drummer what is the most mm-hmm. spiritual drum spiritual drum <laughs> what yeah. kind of I, that, I don't know. That was just like the dumbest thing that I'd come up with beforehand. What and I had it written down and I was like, wait, I got to ask this. Drum. What's the most spiritual drum? I've never had anybody ask me that. That's really funny. <laughs> I mean, in the Bible, it says to praise them with clanging cymbals. So, I mean, it, it could oh. it could be cymbals. 
But there's our I Jesus mean, juke. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I made the uh, air horn sound like burr, 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 Jesus uh, juke, you know? Yeah, it so it, to- it totally could be. But I think my personal favorite <laughs> is I think well I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say kick. I think the kick drum, mm. just because just because that is the oh man if if I'm feeling it and the Holy Spirit is like here we go here we go guess what comes in first my kick like. That kick mm-hmm. is dr- driving it to be bigger, and I've had the rhythm, I of, the ha- the I, rhythm of heaven is four on the floor. Come on, it, exa- <laughs> exactly four on the floor all the way. I've literally had people tell me like, "Oh, when when you play, I feel I feel like uh like the heart like kind of what you said like the heartbeat of heaven like uh I feel like the Holy Spirit as like a heartbeat through your drumming. Yeah. I'm like, okay, when I think heartbeat, I think. Boom, 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 or boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Which is like, so which is cl- like a kick, like a you kick, do those right? Like galloping double kicks, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think of it like a kick. So I'm like, okay, I, I would say, I would say probably kick. But if we talking, we're talking about actual biblical. I mean, I guess the symbols, but the symbols yeah. suck. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, uh, symbols. It, yeah, you can't be the person who's just. No, no. Yeah, yeah. clanging symbols. You're just standing there. <laughs> yeah. Now I, um, using, yeah, there's all sorts of verses like that. And then in the negative, there's the, you know, in the beginning of first Corinthians 13, where yeah. Paul says, you know, if you do these things, but have not love, then you're a resounding gong or a clanging. So if you speak in the yeah. tongues of men and of angels, but you have not love, yep. then you're just That's a true. resounding gong or a clanging symbol. And so when talking about some hot topics in yeah. the past, I will start the message by bringing a hi hat or a crash out on stage with me oh, and no. like, and I'll stand there and I'll just be like, Hey everybody, and I'll just while I'm doing the intro, I'll just start smashing on the symbol and everyone's like, wow, wow, what is happening? I have to see a video of that. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that hard to was that hard to listen to? First Corinthians 13 1 says, (laughs) if I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm a resounding gong or a clanging symbol. And let's be honest, when people talk about this. We might as well just be smashing a symbol because that's all yeah. we're doing. We're just, but it it's even worse because it's not just an annoying sound. It's like hurtful words and yeah. just hate coming, spewing. Yeah. And it's doing this kind of like ear splitting damage to their soul and their heart. So let's Oof. back it up and talk that's in loving ways. One way so, to preach. I like it. I so, like it. Yeah. That's I how like you to, reach a drummer's heart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, um, <laughs> Reach a drummer's heart, and everybody else is like, "I'm not coming back anymore." Yeah, no. yeah. He was loud, so but that's I am loud anyway. Like I always have. Like yes. uh, they they tell me both on camera this and on faders, they have to play chase the pastor because I I get real real quiet and I got to do that. You know, yeah. let's bring it down, and I can watch my sound wave before I edit it. <laughs> you know, for like the podcast after the fact, yeah, I can see it, and it's like peaking and clipping like at sections and then all of a sudden it's down to like almost nothing but i'm like you know leading into the prayer at the end and i'm like oh my gosh i i'm doing that thing but i it's like how it all goes because it's yeah. like this is big and yeah also, you have to be animated yeah. yeah you gotta engage and I, yeah i am this is this is why god gave me add yes. so i could be yeah. crazy yeah. <laughs> so. yeah flail around <laughs> right yeah i love it so Oh man, Megan, it it's so fun talking with you. Uh, okay, so my my last question would yeah. be uh, for those you know those people at the at the gym, uh, those people, you know, your drum students, whatever else. Yep. Uh, what is your um when when you get the opportunity to share, 
you know, like, why, why are you this way? Why do you, you know, why are you being so kind? Why are you being so helpful? What, what's different about you? Why do you have that joy or that hope? Like whatever it is that people see in you, how do you explain why following Jesus is worth it? Like this radically different attachment for life and path for life. Why is that worth it? Yeah. Um, to me, he's, he's my constant. He's and my comforter. He's always there. I think it, like I, I try to imagine what it would be like to not have Christ and how anybody could function. And I'm like, you'd put your, you put your faith and your hope in things that are constantly changing. And that what I would tell, what I would tell people is that Christ is never changing. He's the only thing that just, he's always constant. He won't change. So no matter what happens in your life that keeps shifting and things keep surprising you, you're taken by, you know, just surprise. And no, he's always going to be there and be the same for you regardless of your, uh, of your situation. So, um, I would say that's, that's what's so rad about Jesus. He's always there. Honestly, any trials I've ever gone through, uh, the first thing I do is I pray. I sit down and I'm just like, God, what what's happening here? Can you give me wisdom about this? I need I need to hear from you now. Like, uh, can or can you can you just be there for me? I just need to feel your presence. And um, I that's that's what's so powerful about him. He's your con- and not that he's just like this some high up being you know that like is watching out for us he's also our my closest friend yeah. you know think about always having your friend as like he's just right there your best friend you can call on him any moment yeah. he's your friend that's always going to be there like yeah i see god is my father too but i think most mostly his friend and yeah. um i think for people who feel alone and lost which we all do at times like mm-hmm. he's right there just ready to be your friend give you a hug you know like yeah. wrap you in that spiritual hug and um yeah and and just and just guide you he wants he wants to love on you and he just wants that love in return and um mm. that's what's so rad about him honestly awesome. is he's in every situation in every place i go um you know, even teaching students or being at the, I have, I have felt his presence and felt him with me at every single one of those places because mm. he's, you know, always there and guiding me and telling, giving me discernment about what I should say for this, what I should do for this, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, he's a constant friend, comforter, and obviously my heavenly father, but yeah, that's what makes him that's so awesome. rad. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yep. Oh, it's so good. It's so good to to catch up with you. And man, I just, uh, it's always so encouraging uh, yeah. just to, to see everything you do, but but to, to hear from you as yeah. well. And to be able to um, catch up and all of that is, is amazing. And uh, just makes me proud in the most, like, I have nothing to do with this kind of way, but just to know, you know, somebody oh, you that You have like, so much to do with this. <laughs> well, literally for, for my part, thank God I got to participate and have a front row seat to seeing like, yes. man, here's a young lady who, you know, has 
has something special about the way that she loves Jesus and about the way God has gifted her. And, um, and so to see you continuing to serve and apply your gifts yeah. to the church and, and just it, the way you serve in the world and, uh, you know, through fitness and through, uh, drum instruction and everything and, and sharing your passion with others. I, I love it and representing Jesus well all over the place. And it just, you know, makes my youth pastor heart proud, yeah. you know, happy. Um, yes. So for anybody who wants to hear your awesome drummingness and all of that, uh, where can people, if they want to follow you or connect with you, where can people do that? Yeah. Megan Spencer drums on Instagram and then mm-hmm. on YouTube, just Megan Spencer. You could put drums after it in the search bar and my profile will still come up. TikTok, it's also Megan Spencer drums. So, you know. I'm all over the social medias. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And yeah. for real, really cool, really cool drum covers. Um, highly recommend go follow Megan Spencer drums or as Siri likes to tell me it is Megan Spencer drums. Yes. I why she says it like that. It's but terrible. <laughs> it, Begon, it said it. Begon it well, it calls drums. my, my handles. It's Brian Lucas. And yeah. so it's like, it's like from Instagram, it's Brian Lucas. Brian Spencer drums. I'm like, what nonsense is this? I it's love like it. that old Vine video of the guy who would like, you know, pronounce things wrong. It's like pronouncing words incorrectly, you know, pronouncing words incorrectly. I almost didn't understand what you said. You did that so well. (laughs) (laughs) I watched that those vines a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So anyway, people, that's awesome. Megan is rad for Jesus. Follow her on socials. See excellent drumming content. And Megan, thank you so much. I'm going to have to find an excuse to chat with you again soon. Uh, Yes. Oh, you're rad. (laughs) Thanks for being on the podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. Okay, that's it for this week's episode of the Be Rad for Jesus podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I, if you've stuck around this long, you either hate us so bad you want to find out where to complain or you really loved it and you want to come back for more. I want to tell you how to do that. You can go to BeRadForJesus.com and we have links to everywhere you can stream and subscribe to our podcast. We have episodes, we have show notes all on there where you can find us on anchor.fm or on the anchor app you can find us on spotify on apple podcasts google podcasts stitcher and if there's another platform that we don't offer yet hit us up on the website or through anchor and let us know where you listen to podcasts and where you would like to hear or engage with this if you do enjoy the podcast would you consider leaving us a review leaving us a rating sharing it with a friend, posting it on social media, and or even going above and beyond and supporting this podcast. You can do that on Anchor. And uh, that would for sure help us make more episodes of this podcast because caffeine definitely fuels just about everything we do almost as much, but not quite as much as the Holy Spirit and our love for Jesus. That said, I hope you have a rad day. Go out and do something incredible. Be rad for Jesus because following Jesus is radically different and radically awesome.